Welcome to the Imprinted Podcast, where you get to hear the journey of black creators within the industry. Come along to gain in knowledge, hearing stories, and simply being immersed with me, your host, Garcia. Whether you're tuning in from home or on your way to work, I hope you enjoy as we navigate in between, within, and around the topics that have made each guest who they are today. All right, so Jade, thank you for um, being a part of this. Like I just, like I said, like five minutes ago, but I just want to say it again <laughs> so everybody can hear. Thank um, you for having me. Yeah, how are you? I'm good. Good. I feel rested, more rested than usual. So that's good. How are you? The same. I, I had a nap like not too long ago, so I'm definitely feeling more rested uh, myself. To be honest. I'm pretty excited for this conversation because out of all the people that I have, I think you're, yeah, you are the only woman involved. So (laughs) that's interesting for me. Yeah. Um, I kind of want to just like go through your journey from uni um, Mm -hmm. till now, because I think it's been pretty interesting. We met like, I think it was probably exactly a year ago because the video came out. (laughs) Yeah. So um, we met a year ago and um, since then I've seen some of your work and I also got to help a bit out. So what I've seen has been interesting. So <laughs> I know for you, you probably felt the, like the intense ride and stuff. Um, but yeah, like, could, could you tell the audience, everyone that's listening, what you studied and where you studied? So I studied design at Goldsmiths uh just did like a BA undergrad degree I went in thinking I would come out being and wanting to be a furniture designer that was not what I came out doing but who knows what the future also holds (laughs) yeah do you put yourself like into one box like if you have a vision to do one thing do you just like Mm -hmm. say this is exactly what I'm gonna do or do you just let life happen I've just kind of let life happen because there's people and things that you'll meet along the way which are all very unexpected and as much as you want to kind of navigate your way and like direct it in life I think there's nothing wrong with that but also be open to like opportunities that come or things that come along the way and like analyzing and like also trying that out because you know that's actually how I ended up doing what I wanted what I do now yeah yeah so did you before what you do now, um, did you like have a taste of it during uni or was it just mm-hmm. like something came up, you said mm-hmm. I'm going to do it and then it just snowballed into that? So was the journey of it? I think me ending up in art direction is a mix of the two. Like in my like second year and third year of uni, I was just kind of like the second half of my it was actually, yeah, like the end of my second year, beginning of third year, I was kind of just exhausted, very drained from uni because I was creating all of these projects and all these things which I loved and thought were great and very much resonated with me, like what I love, my culture, the crafts that I learned at uni and also knew before and hybriding them together, hybridized it, whatever, hybriding them together. And I was getting bad grades. I was getting like two twos, two like thirds. And I was like, what's going on? Like, 
this is so weird especially like coming from a school where yeah and coming from oh my god (laughs) mom is cooking technical but yeah it's fine um that's gonna go off in like five seconds that means your story is about to be great (laughs) okay um yeah i was getting like two twos and thirds and like i got that in my essays and i kind of got that because i'd always hand them in late but um in terms of like the work that i created the physical work like my ceramics resin work like textiles work i was like it just didn't i just didn't understand why i was getting these grades because i knew that my work was great as well um well for me anyways I loved it and I knew that the work which I put out was to a great standard and so I was just kind of like bumbus like I'd already had a bad experience at Goldsmiths I thought when I first left school that that was the uni for me but then it was very weird being in the space which is like it's like next to like Peckham so it's kind of like Little Africa in a way like New Cross but it was like I was in this like igloo full of like loads of Caucasian people. Like on my course, there was, we started with 130 of us and there was two black people and like one mixed race person on my whole like year group. And I was just like, you know, this doesn't feel, this doesn't feel like the London that I wanted to know. Or even though like London is very multi-diverse everywhere, it's like, it's in the year above they had one black guy in a year of like a hundred people and she's just like you know this doesn't when you look at the area as a whole like new cross and like how kind of like afro-caribbean it is etc then to be in a space in the middle of new cross that was completely juxtaposed that was very weird and it was a whole thing but um I was just like yeah it's facts (laughs) (laughs) it's mad though because you think like also going to uni in London it's going to be diverse and then it just isn't the case which is also like like a question of how much they're helping it's like a world in the world like when you step into these like institutes it's not the same London that you as a Londoner know it's way different some people Mm -hmm. say it's because of the course that you're studying but I'm just Mm -hmm. like I hear that, but I don't because I'm just like we're just in a different time. You know what I mean? Like when I'm going to events, when I'm going to spaces and places, yeah. and I'm on set, I'm seeing lots of black people. I'm seeing lots of Asian people. But yeah. why is it when I go into my classroom? Yeah, it's not. The I'm same. just counting. Not in not in trying. I'm trying not to include myself, but I'm just counting. <laughs> like okay, okay, okay. That's it. <laughs> like yeah. it's not, and it's crazy. Because, yeah, like I said in the first episode um, with Ben. Um, I was talking about like a little bit how I went my first year at uni was in Essex and then I kind of left because of these kind of reasons because Uh like there were so much students I don't know exactly how much but um, from my like you have to dissect in classes Mm -hmm. aside from your lectures and then in my class I was the only black girl and everybody else was just like white Mm. And like sometimes, I, like most of the time, I don't know. Maybe as a black person, you're just taught to adapt and just mm-hmm. definitely you are. Yeah. So I didn't really have an issue with it, but then the issues started coming in. The things that I said were like suggested were like brushed off. Yeah. And then I the things that you start to do are just a bit like, uh, maybe we should. And then it's mm-hmm. just like 
First, you let it slide, and then after, you're like, wait, but now I'm doing everything you guys want to do. Yeah. And I'm not doing anything that I'm passionate about. And then it just, I just felt like I was just not living. I'm like, I can't do this for three years. There's no, <laughs> in Essex as well. Mm-hmm. No, couldn't happen. So then I transferred. Um, yeah, literally, it wasn't even term two yet. And I knew I had to like move back to London. And then I spent my whole first year just like after Christmas. Mm-hmm. trying to run back to London I was like yeah this is all uni here um and it wasn't as bad it wasn't as bad compared to Essex but I just feel like the things that we learned and everything I just couldn't relate yeah so everything that I did like anything that I had the opportunity to um have full like hands on top of it mm-hmm. um I, that I tried to talk like this is me like this is my life in it so you try to talk about it and it's just like you still feel like you don't really get understood yeah you don't, I don't know so, if you had that as well yeah I felt like I never belonged like I never had a place like on my course with my peers like I always felt like I had a group of friends and they were all kind of Londoners as well and they were like POC like the other black girl and the other mixed race girl on my course and like there was a friend of ours who was half um Japanese half English as well but it was we were very much we were like the Londoners on our course and it's like other people they were very they were all really nice people and they're great people still friends like in my third year it was like it's quite funny because one of my friends who was the other black girl on my course she left after first year and one thing that she said to me that always like stuck with me was that if she was white she would think she felt that she'd be able to get away with like painting flowers all day and no one would ever question it or ask why but because she's black and she wants to like do these pieces of work which aren't um like super like full like rich of history or something that they like question like why she's done it and it can't just be like because she wanted to do it like but if she was white she'd get away with just painting flowers and get a first foot and people like yeah like this is great and then after my second year um my other like really good friend who was is mixed race she like took a year out because and so did my other friend who was half Japanese half white and they're just like you know I don't feel understood like the work I do like it's always question xyz and it's I felt the exact same way the only reason why I stayed was because my mom was like you're not dropping out like my mom literally my whole third year because by the end of second year I just I stopped going I didn't fully stop going but I found it really hard to leave like I would literally get out get out get up shower put on my clothes put on my shoes like open my front door and I'd be like nah I can't do this and I just like close my front door and go back to bed for the day like I was just I can't do this and my mum literally had to wait with me like in the morning and take me basically to uni every day she'd like sit on the train with me all this candle water and then we'd split up she'd go her way to work from then I'd go like two stops on the overground to New Cross but it was that bad like we'd have so many like arguments and like I'd cry and she'd cry because she wanted me to stay and I'd cry because I wanted to leave and she's like it's only eight more months it's only eight more months you can't give up now and it's also like it's one of those things as well like when your parents like I went to boarding school so like my parents invested like a lot of money like giving me like a prior like education as well to be able to be at a point where I could go to uni and do these things and go to a good uni and even like at that like it was already a battle with my dad because he's Nigerian and very like like Nigerian African dad mentality of like in my first year of A levels I did like art history DT and economics and when I dropped economics after could you drop one after the first year he's like oh like you dropped economics like why would you do that so it was already a battle of like 
oh first you're doing art now you don't even want to finish like the degree that you're doing yeah like, the so it's like a battle so in like, so many different directions basically yeah it's a lot <laughs> that, yeah it is, it is. that's crazy because even when you said like when your your mom was saying it's just only eight months it's just like you're not even anticipating like to see what the world has to offer you're just anticipating to leave mm-hmm. and i feel like Completely. when you look at you, people maybe tv and the media and how they like show that university life you're thinking it's gonna be oh yeah it's gonna be lit it's gonna find my people whatever that means and then it's just gonna be fun and it's not it's just it's very daunting like yeah i totally understand how you feel but i think it's just crazy and that you came out of it doing some good stuff and personal dissertation it's amazing so it was worth it after all but the fact that that's the story is definitely but it's funny because for me I think it was my hate of uni and like of my course like I learned a lot in terms of like skills and what I'm able to apply them to now but the fact I never felt until like in my third year even though that's still but that like I got the grades that I deserved and should have been deserving of but that was also like because my tutor in my third year from the beginning I said you know I don't feel accepted I never feel understood and she was great because she was like an Israeli woman and she often felt quite othered in life as well and then my other my dissertation tutor she was a white woman but she like knew a lot about kind of black culture and history and like I was just very vocal from the beginning that like I wanted a lot of support and I would need it because like I often felt I felt like misunderstood and never heard throughout my whole other two years and like it was a struggle for me to even be there in that third year so I was grateful to have them but it was also the fact that I was about to leave at the end of my third year have no projects in my first or second year that I was really proud of or even if I was really proud of them I felt discouraged to share them because of the grades that I'd been given by uni that I was like you know talking to Ella one of my friends who's a photographer and I was like you know like I want to do these things and we'd always like send each other like images of Instagram that we'd see and we we're just like okay cool like we're just gonna start working we're just gonna like create work together I was like cool like I have access to like photography kind of spaces like studios that we can shoot at with lights and uni let's just do our own stuff come up with concepts and shoot it and it kind of just started from there because I was like if the uni aren't gonna like accept me or give me the grades that I need and grades that you think you need to get a job in the real world even yeah. though no one has ever asked me what grade I got when I left uni since leaving uni yeah. <laughs> it's okay. like I, I felt I needed it and it's also great because that's how I was able to find myself and what I really wanted to do and that ended up being like art direction and set design so yeah it's such a rollercoaster of a story <sighs> it's unbelievable it's unbelievable like I feel like it's not just like once like one in a I don't know 10 person kind of story I feel like it's so mm-hmm. much of us that feel this way and it's just like even though I'm in lockdown and it's different I still feel like there's similarities with it you know what I mean because when I was when I was choosing my dissertation topic and even one of my my other projects which I'm doing for third year I tried to do it in second year um, which is kind of under the umbrella of perception and it's about my mom I'm gonna be like a like a documentary type thing and I wanted to do it in second year so bad um, while we, when we went into the first lockdown and it was just like lots of um, maybe you should do you know or maybe you should add and I was just like no like why why do I have to like there's not it still fits the brief it still fits the guidelines why do I have to change so much on a simple story but like 
I guess now I'm in third year, they don't they can't really say much on what I mm-hmm. actually do. But it was so hard to be able to like say this is the project I want to do. Or when I said my dissertation topic, it was what um yeah, so much questions, and I'm just like because I'm black, <laughs> like, yeah. like I'm a black person in Britain, mm-hmm. and this is the story I want to say. And also in uni as well, like, I think uni made me question a lot. Like, when you're in those spaces that you think will be more diverse and you're not, it makes you question your place in both institutions and, like, also when you leave those institutions. And it's also quite interesting when you're doing your work, like, your dissertations, like, just to, like, see how they react to the things. Like, why why is it a why? Like, why is that yeah. the case like and that also like feeds into like how you write your dissertation and the things you write about because I remember even in my dissertation like I wrote like you know like I wrote this dissertation because I am like the only person on a year group full of 90 by the time we left that year it was there was 90 of us I was like the, I'm the only black person in a year group of 90 even though we're in the middle of New Cross and it's like you guys need to hear these things like because you can see it but like apparently I'm the only one who really sees it or sees it in this way because maybe it affects me differently to how you guys see it yeah and I feel like this is not just with uni but um mm-hmm. as you said like on the outside world but there's a thing where and I don't know if it's just me but it's like every every race wants to talk about their race right yeah. but as soon as you want to talk about black people you feel like a way I don't know there's an underlying feeling of am I doing too much or am I just yeah. talking about black people too much and I don't know why and I don't yeah. know why I get this feeling I'm like bro like get it out of your head but it's just I don't know if it's the way they make me feel like subconsciously yeah, and now it's coming up but it's just like oh should That's I right, every day. yeah I should be able to but it's and it's also it's crazy how the world like and just without people even saying it but just how you're made to feel this way that you've over talked about it but it's like it's not a trend for you like this is your life this is your everyday this is how you feel and it's also good to know that as much as you feel these things like other people feel it as well but people are scared like even sometimes I think things and I'm too scared to say it but some things I will say but it's it's this also feel of like judgment isn't it like oh like she's doing the most about this thing like we get it we get but it's just like you don't get it because otherwise we'd be having more conversations about it and more would be done and like does that feeling for you um transfer when you're now like now you finished uni and whatnot does it transfer to your jobs whether it's a magazine or music video or anything like that I think yes I think specifically with my jobs I'm very conscious like when I first came out of uni as well I was super conscious about the type of work that I was doing producing like it all felt very like black empowered and that's because I think there's also like I went to like boarding school there's lots of white people there like in my second boarding school there was a lot more black people but it's like it was coming to London was like the first time in my life where I could really kind of explore my blackness, blackness as a whole. So then once I left uni, like, and that was kind of like, you know, like, wow, I've really been in institutions my whole entire life up until like the age of like 22. Like that's actually mad. So it's the first time I could just kind of create, think and do things for me and with other kind of like-minded people and people that I'd met along the way at different like parts of my life and so for me definitely exploring that like 
that blackness in my work was for the outcome of the work itself but also it's all of these are explorations of myself but through creativity and the outcomes um and I think the more that I do this like I got to a point like when I was like since lockdown doing lot since lockdown doing set design I've had a lot more jobs come in since the whole kind of Black Lives Matter protests and movement um which is great and it also allowed me to realize that I'm in a position now where I can hire and have black assistants assist me to be able to kind of create and like close a gap even though I'm not like this super massive person like I'm still trying to do my bit by having like POC um queer assistance because it's about diversifying it and sometimes like I go on jobs often and it's only me and my crew who are the only black people on sets and for me it's that I know that like this it might just be a job for some people like oh they're getting some experience they might want to be a photographer they might they don't know what they want to do but still they're getting an understanding also of another kind of department's role within a whole kind of what's called group of people that create an outcome and like for me it's this whole thing of when I go on these jobs sometimes a director or like it's like the gaffer's like oh yeah my dad's a gaffer too or oh my dad owns a production company as a director too yeah my mum's a stylist and it's like it's so interesting because it allows you to see that a lot of these people do these jobs because they've had access to it it doesn't mean that they were necessarily given those jobs I'm not saying that they haven't been able that they didn't have to work for it but it's just like generally like I didn't even know what an art director and set designer was two years ago when I first started doing this I was calling myself a producer and one day a girl went no babe you're not a producer you're a set designer and I went oh okay like Jimmy I don't the fact I was doing this thing and I didn't even know what it was called because it's so out of kind of our culture like the work our parents have done it's so like far away that I didn't even know what I was actually doing in terms of actual real name which is mad um and it also shows as well that people that I was doing it with who were other black people didn't even know that it was called art direction because they were also so removed from it as well or hadn't gotten to a point as like in types in terms of production that they needed an art director or realized what it was called and so um for me just about even creating accessibility that like us like my friends people that assist me now one day when they're older they could be like to their niece or nephew oh yeah you can direct like you could go into art direction you can go into styling and it's just about they're like oh yeah I know someone or like this person they can tell you more about it just about creating accessibility whether it's for us now or later generations it's very key that having POC like assistance is a thing that I do because accessibility allows for like a greater kind of just like space and options for black people and as black people there's so much that we can do and that we do do even without realizing it so creating bigger opportunities and greater opportunities for myself and other POC people is what I want to and hope to do so I think that's how I've transferred it mainly in terms of my profession yeah Yeah. and it's and it will be able to start like a cycle because then the people that assist you or then go off to do their own things and they will exactly. also have that mindset like okay yeah I'm hiring this set of people and then it's just like soon there's just gonna be a, a community <laughs> of you know what I mean the same yeah. kind of people just helping each other out and having that mentality because it's hard it's just hard I feel like that's just literally it's just hard especially in like the whole um creative industry type thing um 
and I, yeah again that's kind of why I'm doing this is because I want to be able to show like there's diversity off screen like it may it's yeah. small but like the change mm -hmm. is like starting is somewhere yeah. somehow yeah but we need it at the bigger end as well like I went on a job recently where I was assisting one of my friends who also art directs and it was a crew of 50 people and her crew was the only diverse department with two black assistants and I was like oh okay we're doing something but also I don't want to just be at the forefront of the image side that people see even because yeah. it's like if she didn't have us two and then it's like the whole crew wouldn't have been diverse which is happens a lot and it's like if this is happening here right now this is happening in a lot of other productions and in massive higher more higher budget productions as well yeah it's it's hard because i feel like there's like you know the saying like oh you're like you're placed into a box kind of thing yeah. you, you obviously kind of said that in uni you felt oh, like that do you, yeah. and you kind of do feel like that in your workspace do you feel like obviously you can't predict the future but do you feel mm -hmm. like it'll be a thing where you'll be able to break out of that kind of mold eventually what type of mold like being the that one or two like black person kind of thing i hope so definitely like i did a job recently and afterwards i emailed the producer and i said you know like this was great production i loved everything about it but I also think when you're shooting things about people of color, you should have a more diverse POC crew because it, number one, will help the artist as a whole to feel more comfortable. But if that's what you're putting on your screens, like you want to also see and feel that behind screen as well. And it's like, you know, I, I could feel that the artist felt comfortable. Like I'm the art director, like, but it's like, they felt very comfortable talking to me and X, Y, Z, but it's like, you want that, in the space in general and it's like as much as you might have great relationships with abc crew members that you've used before there are tons of great poc there's even websites you can find them on like they've made it so easy for you now to find fact, i'm here people. and it's just like yeah. they're like where are you <laughs> it's, it's crazy because yeah i don't know it's so hard like but then again is this hard. is the reason I know it's why, not easy but... at both ends even for them and I get that they're wanting to put out a vision and if you have that person that you already know puts out that puts out that vision you're going to automatically go with that person but you know sometimes a little goes a long way 100%. as well 100 um I feel like hmm so much I want to like I have on this table but <laughs> I don't really know where to start I don't want to like keep going back and forth well I don't mind actually but um when I was looking at your website um no actually it was on your Instagram I saw that your before you started doing your final project mm -hmm. which I kind of want to talk about in a bit you did like something like a mini project before called um Black British Experience and uh... Uh, I really love the like <laughs> the title and the way you distinguish the ish and the um, Brit section and like do you feel like these are the kind of stories sh that should be told a bit more or are they things that you wouldn't mind like talking a bit about? I think these are things that we do need to 
talk about more and have more conversations about and it's quite funny because it was just like do you know I mean? it was like a play on play words but like the more I had this thing and I talked about it because I even like printed it on like a do-rag and stuff like that and I was having conversations with guys about their black British experience as well which is a completely different thing to even being a black British woman but it's like for me as much as I am black and British and I feel British and you know I might be Nigerian but I literally only speak British I speak English my bad not British English um (laughs) um my experience will never fully be a British experience it will be I I will always feel kind of what's the word when I will always feel kind of dissociated I think from being fully British because I am black and it's like this weird kind of space between these two cultures of being Nigerian and British and being black but I never feel like I am either like I I never I don't think I'll ever feel fully accepted into being Nigerian or British because both it's generally I'm a hybrid of the two but I'm not very Nigerian I know that there are tons of British British Nigerians like me who you know don't understand their like mother tongue and don't speak it either but it's a very weird kind of in between like no man's land to exist in and it's like you want to be accepted by both cultures you feel very much like you are both cultures and your but your experience of both cultures are very different to being one fully one yeah exactly one of those yeah so is that so that's basically how you came across that and like what so and these are your feelings towards it is that what it meant to you to be able to express to a wider audience like this is how it is yeah and not definitely. yeah for other people yeah I think so and I think that a lot of other people like I've I don't know how many people but I've spoken to a few people and like when I was having these talks with guys specific mainly for that part of my project I was talking to guys but they definitely felt that and they definitely felt kind of like you feel even though there's like a whole group of you you still feel quite isolated in that way of like it's never it's never really yours it's never really it's like where do you ever call home and it's like we I know that home is what you make of it and where you make it but it's also home is a place you want to feel accepted and fully accepted yeah Yeah. I think it's crazy that you said that because next to it I literally wrote that we all kind of tell our own versions of the same story and it's just like it's insane because you're saying that as a as a British like an African British like from Nigeria and the UK and like there's so much similarities and I'm from Jamaica and the UK and it's just like there's so much other people from other countries which are going to be able to like understand and it's just like if we all still feel this like the same in this kind of awkwardness yeah (laughs) (laughs) like how will it and like what will it take to like not super feel that way like what would it take to be like okay yeah my my background is to be African or Caribbean but I feel mm-hmm. very like I don't know I feel very confident in saying yeah I'm from London and I feel like yeah, I'm here. yeah it's, it's great it's, <laughs> it's really so like when people ask me where I'm from it's like do I say Northwest London? Am I meant to say Nigeria? But it's like I 
Nigerian, yes, but I was born and raised in England. My mother was born and raised in England. And it's like this weird space where like when someone asks where you're from, it's like, what do you say? Yeah, there's like that. <laughs> Thousand, thousand times over in your head, like thousand voices are like, say this, say that. You're like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to ask, um, I just go with, I just go with London, and then I just see where the conversation goes from. Yeah, but, <laughs> I love London's like its own little country. Honestly, people would, people, and that's the things that you do feel. I'm glad that I do live in London because I do feel very accepted, and I'm glad as well that like we're leaving life that whole kind of Black British thing. And that sentence and that feeling of being black and British, but not ever fully British, but you always will feel black. Yeah. But um, it's weird because it's like, I feel kind of sometimes like I find my place only when, for instance, like let's say if it's like a Burner Boy song comes on in the club and everyone's vibing to it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like you feel like you found your place. You feel kind of like at that very moment in that time, like you're both because you're in Britain experiencing like a part of like your other culture in the space and everyone is like feeding off of it as well like from every culture which is also great but it's also like you want that on a daily basis and it's that bit of kind of adrenaline and that those hormones those pheromones you feel at that moment are so like crazy like they feel great I really do feel like at peace at that moment like ah, oh, I know where I belong for those very yeah. few moments but yeah it never lasts long <laughs> it, it never does and I feel like there's so much highs and lows and like love and hate that goes with it. it's like such a complex yeah, feeling to be from like places like the UK and not really really from here mm-hmm. it's just so complex to explain because like we literally went from saying how we feel and uh, and then we go into like saying oh yeah but it feels so good and yeah we can relate like it's yeah. so it's such a complex a complex right. feeling you know um yeah that's just literally it. it's just complex that, that should just be the title of everything um in life um <laughs> moving on to like your other project which was about hair um I really wanted to talk about it because you know, nowadays um you see a lot of talk about hair online. We we have now we have like natural hair YouTubers and stuff like that. And I kind of wanted to talk about that final year project for you. Cause again, mm-hmm. people listening to this might just be, you know, in uni as well. And this probably will give them the confidence to actually do something that relates to them wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. So could you kinda like explain what if hair could talk was about? Sure. So I, I'd always kind of known almost from like the time when I started uni that I wanted my final piece project to be about hair or to have some kind of relation. Hair would have to come into my project at some point, basically, because I've always, I'd always been so interested by my hair, I think for many reasons, including the fact that going to school, my hair was always done. Like you always had your hair done. My hair was never out naturally. And so even, and it was quite policed in school. Like I couldn't have colored extensions. I'd put like beads in and that was an issue having colorful beads, but then you'd have these girls with blonde hair and dip dyed it pink, but that was okay. And yeah. it was literally they were putting like the diaries, like mm-hmm. no purple, but yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> it's crazy. The contradictions, honestly. And so like when I went to uni, it was like the first time like my hair wasn't like policed and I could, you know, wear my hairstyle however I wanted to, 
whenever I wanted to, which was great. But then I also like one time this tutor was like to me, oh, like you look like a different person every day or like, oh, I don't recognize you every day. You're someone else. And it's like, I'm not actually, I've just like, I changed my hair like what, like every two months or something. And you're trying, no. Um, <laughs> so annoying. Um, and then, so when I was in like my final year of, you know, I was like, you know, like it's hair. This is what I want to talk about. Like, this is how like a lot of like black people black women are able to kind of connect with each other because a the lack of education maybe that they have on looking after their hair um but b like our hair all holds like so much rich richness like it holds so much history um for many different reasons like with cane rows like being able to map out the way out of slave plantations and like mothers using came rose as a way of like hiding rice grain seeds inside their children's hair before they were taken aboard slave ships as well um and just like for instance that like, you can see from some people's like ways that they came and plait their hair like kind of like what country or what tribe they're from because for instance if you're fulani you might have one hairstyle if you're eritrean you might have another hairstyle so i've always just found it very like interesting how this piece of form as a human which is attached to us can like show so much and it's 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 just it's it's uh, it's its own form of artwork in its own way but it's also quite interesting because it's like an architecture form as well it's like yeah. it has like sculpture ways like the, like having afros as well means that you can have kind of like sculptures in it which kind of can be shaped upwards as well and outwards as well as like downwards like the fact that our hair even like defies gravity is its own thing as well which is incredible the fact that there's it's just very diverse sometimes very hard to deal with and I don't like dealing with yeah that's hair. not good because <laughs> I need to wash mine <laughs> I should let me do for wash <laughs> yeah literally my goodness um but what did you want to know um yeah so like you kind of just said how you got into it um did you talk about it in your dissertation and your final project or was it just one of the other they were both called so my dissertation was called reclaiming my heritage and i spelled like heritage like hair and then itage and then my the my actual physical final piece was called if hair could talk and they both kind of interlinked because both were about giving black women a space and platform to also talk about these things because often so much throughout life and history our kind of history is told through the white man and like through their kind of narrative and never through our own and so that was very important for me when doing my physical um exhibition piece um because as well like so many black people don't have that space and they're never given that platform to exhibit their work in gallery spaces so this as much as it was my own final piece it felt very much like a collaborative final piece to have these women all kind of talk about their hair that kind of um the conversations they've had about their hair the critiques that they've had from their hair the way that they felt they could and couldn't have their hair in workforces when they were at work at school the comments that they've received about their hair 
And then I also had a poem written by this incredible poet called Dare, who went to my boarding school as well. She's a few years younger. So she just graduated from from like school and is going to uni now. But just having all of these kind of conversations and pieces and all that felt so similar, but were all very different and unique in their own story in this one space. It was great because it also meant that people come to view the exhibition and were hearing it. Um, and it was called If Hair Could Talk because it was like a five meter long hair installation that had speakers and headphones ingrained into it at long point so you could hear it was like the hair was talking to you and it it was relaying their stories yeah so that was why it was called if I could talk because your hair holds so much history but also I had these females my friends who were literally talking about their hair and both these positive things and negative things and what they would say to themselves now or what they would look back and think because as well do you remember when you grow up as well there were so many more negative connotations like oh your hair's so nappy like I even remember my mom comparing mine and my sister's hair being like oh your hair's so tough to my sister I wish your hair was like <laughs> not as tough yeah like, we yeah. all have crazy stories because like my hair I don't know if you, your hair's probably been natural um but there was a bit where mine was relaxed and that's yeah. because um I went to visit my aunt and she said I kept crying. <laughs> um, I just think she wasn't, I don't remember obviously why I was, but I feel like she probably wasn't handling it um, correctly. Yeah, but um, <laughs> she was just like, all right, do you, wanna, do you want me to straighten it? And then I was just, you know, as a, as a young black girl, um, mm-hmm. when every time you hear straighten, it's usually a special occasion, like it's once in a while. Yeah. So you're not going to say no. But obviously I said, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm thinking popcorn vibes. Yeah. you know gonna get that out we're gonna do it and then it was something else cream and then she put it in and she was like um oh, by the way that's it like your hair is just gonna be like this so at the beginning I didn't mind like it was cool because I wasn't really comprehending what she was saying this was like yeah. sometime in year six or year five I didn't really get what she was saying but as time went on realized curls ain't coming back it's getting mm. shorter it's getting thin it's just like oh <laughs> you go to the hairdressers every couple of weeks to yeah. get a relaxed on and it, you know what I mean once I hit secondary school like towards the end and I was just like I want my hair back like yeah. you went on this whole journey all over again to discover how do I manage yeah. something that's mine like that that comes out of my, my yeah. scalp it's crazy also, it's a great time to like fall in love with your hair again and the things that you maybe did, weren't able to appreciate when you were younger yeah because now you had to also like you knew kind of like the negative things that came along with this relaxer but now you were able to appreciate it afterwards which is great yeah I don't think I'll change like the mm-hmm. like the whole getting it relaxed and stuff but yeah I feel like the stories that is are held with our hair is just crazy like the thing with your tutor he was like, oh, you look so different. I, when I lived in Essex, I had someone that lived in my flat. Um, and um, she was nice and everything. But I remember, like, that was the first time I had a different coloured wig. So it was, like, ginger. Yeah. And then some, I learned how to do my own hair. So I was doing, like, Marley twist every so often. Or I just yeah. have my hair out, you know? Sometimes I film, man. I just went with the wind. And then she was just so confused. And once she asked me, like, wow how does your hair change so much and I was just like this is a wig this is extensive blah 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 and she when I showed her like I remember we was in the living room and like I took one of my extensions out to show her like how I do it and she was so the look on her face like I don't think I'll ever forget she was so amazed like 
this is how you do it you know and I was just like it's crazy because it's normal like this is yeah, this is normal but yeah. to her it was such a foreign <laughs> it was such Something. a foreign thing and I was yeah. like it's amazing but, but the I whole installation oh go on sorry I was just gonna say quickly I think what's what was good and what seemed okay was the way in which she asked it it was like a from a sense of like curiosity rather than like a sense of like othering you or making you feel weird or thinking that this was like this very odd weird fascination thing it was just that she was curious wanted to know and also she felt like she was in a safe and comfortable space because you guys lived with each other that she could ask you and you could also show her which was great yeah which is what I'm like really grateful for and didn't mind showing her at that moment because I knew she wasn't she wasn't even from the UK like she was from a whole different country so I was fine showing her because the way she <laughs> approached it and there's probably been times where I've been out in public and people have looked and said certain things but I don't know for me I just like blocked those things out because I just yeah. don't have the energy to let it take capacity in my brain isn't that crazy like as black women we often like carry so much and block so much out rather than dealing with it or having that capacity to deal with it then and there as well it, i think it definitely is but there's only one word i can think of it's just tired like yeah i'm just tired How many I'm times so can you <laughs> like i remember when i was literally going natural and um when i first like had it cut and I, like my curls with them, I was I literally had to prepare myself to go outside. Mm-hmm. Like this is it, like it's fine. No one's gonna stare at you. But deep down in your head, you're just like, oh my god, everyone's looking at me in the train. Like and it's like these kind of like emotions that you feel just for your hair, something that is a part of you is crazy. So I don't know. Hello. <laughs> yes, you saw you. Hey, how are you? I'm alright. How are you? <laughs> she's got really nice skin. Yeah, she does. Pretty girl. Hello, <laughs> Jill. I'm recording, Mum. I'll tell you later. Bye. Are you dinner? Yeah. Bye. Is that your mum? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't remember what I was saying, but I guess that is my way to move on to um talking about well talking about our own experiences that kind of shifts on to what tomorrow is which is international women's day um i just kind of wanted to ask like what does that mean to you if it means anything to you that's great um it doesn't like off the top of my head it doesn't really mean anything to me it doesn't like mean much i think it's great that we have it it's a shame that like maybe it just kind of also shows in a weird way that women aren't celebrated enough in history that we're often overlooked for things that we do um but I think like as women we have a great tool of being able to empower each other which is great yeah I'm not gonna laugh all the same I, I and until these, until people start talking about it like four or five days prior, I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue about these days or anything yeah. like that, which I guess kind of talks in itself, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it'd be great if it was something like you get a pay raise on International Women's Day or something. Oh, 
the match, even if it matched your male counterparts rate for that one exact day in the same profession. That would be great. <laughs> even in your profession, is that the same as well? Like the how you get paid and stuff. You don't have to obviously get fully into I don't it. know, actually, because you don't really know. Like, do you know I mean, it's a weird one. Set designers, you can all do the same job and your rates can all vary because of your experience or also like your naivety and how much the rate should be and I don't say naivety in a negative way because I'm still naive about many things and it's all very much learn as you go process but the more I am learning like I'm learning things like when you break down like you need to break down a rate into actually like how many hours of work you do because like recently even I got a woman like offered me a job for like a music video and I was just like you know like I can't do this job and I was like as I send this email to you like I hope that this doesn't ruin like any potential future jobs we do together but I also hope that no one else as a set designer takes this rate because when I break down the amount of hours that I do I'll be making £2.50 an hour and I was Whoa, just like £2.50 yeah. yeah and it's just like no people sometimes like and she's just like oh yeah I completely get that but like this is what we have and it's like if that's what you have like you need to change your pitch to be something that doesn't include an art director because it's a shame that I know someone will take this job just as I've taken many jobs in the past um for like experience exposure like building a portfolio but like when you actually break it down into hours it's actually mad so how um, how do you break it down? Like just in just case someone's like, listening, how do you go about giving your rates and like knowing yeah. how much it should be? So I can't like it's actually quite interesting. I came up with my rate just weirdly actually just over a year ago, um, and I can't remember how I actually came up with it. It was I can't remember. Someone told me how you did it, and then now I look at it and I'm like, how does that even work? I don't know how it works out. But what I do is if someone comes to me, because usually like, people will come a little bit, okay, this is what we have for rate. And then you go, okay, cool. It's an 11-hour shoot day. If I do, let's say I do three prep days or something, or you do two prep days, each prep day you're going to do is about a 10-hour day. So that's another 10 hours, and that's another 10 hours. So once you like divide like whatever, 30, 30 hours or 40 hours by the rate that, by the overall budget that they give you, then it will give you what they would be paying you per hour. Okay, very much more simple than I thought. I didn't even actually, I didn't have anything in mind. I just was listening because <laughs> so much times, like you hear stories about people getting paid, like that getting underpaid and stuff like that. But yeah. I think no one, a lot of the times, people may go into the industry not knowing exactly how to get paid. Or how to work out their own rates because it's not like well can you hear me yeah it's not like um yeah i can hear you now yeah it's not like a normal like i guess nine to five type job where you just pay this amount yeah. per hour blah 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 being with him yeah as you it's said if you have every prep, client you know every I mean? job you do it's always different and also it's different because of like the usage of that job as well so like if it's like a social media like brand job that usage is different to a music video job 
like that usage like that the amount that they'll put into even like promoting that that someone can use that in the end of their email signature like all of that stuff it's very different from like music video usage and what they'll do for that and also what was I gonna say I can't remember oh, it's gone <laughs> I was gonna ask does exposure and stuff like that matter to you when you're working I mean, I think define exposure. Like, mm, I mean, you have a definition, but say, you know, someone messages you and like you have an opportunity to do something, and yeah. more or less the main reason why you like may go towards it is because, you know, once you're like they see your name or someone sees a name attached to it, yeah. it's going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, let's go. Not more or less about the work that you've done for it about the fact that your name's attached to I think yes I think that that is very key still like I do jobs for many different reasons depending on the job it could be that the treatment I really like maybe I've worked with that production company before maybe I've never worked with the director before but I've always wanted to work with them like I love their vision and things that they produce but I think if um I think exposure is something I only really think about if it's like lower paid but I think, you know, from doing this, like, this can lead to A, B, and C. Or it's like, I have, like, let's, oh, I have this brand now in my portfolio, which then can justify you in two or three months' time putting up your rate. Or then you have that in your, you have that in your, like, portfolio that, like, later on if someone comes to you and, like, two three months time you can be like no sorry that I can't take this job or I can't take this job at this rate but I can take it now at this rate because you can almost which is a shame justify using exposure the reason for your rate going up or your experience that you've had um and it's like I know sometimes people will just hire me off of jobs that I've done without really seeing the job but just seeing like a name um which is interesting because it's like I guess it just shows not necessarily what we care about, but how quickly we consume things. Yeah. In the sense of like they're not even consuming anything, they're just consuming a name. Yeah. Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um also with also um again with your job and stuff, just in case someone listening wants to do art direction in the future and whatnot, could you like just random what would you say are like highs and lows of doing your job um (laughs) so my high is seeing my outcome that's what I love that's my my like cheesecake (laughs) um because for me a lot of the work that I do I never I don't really draw which is like a bad thing like I can draw I just choose not to um but like all my ideas kind of live in my head they're like all these little dreams that I have but they're not actually dreams they're just like my ideas that live in my head and like I can picture them in my head and that's what I'm executing when like I'm putting a table here and a chair here from the simplest to the most like extravagant thing that's what I'm envisioning in my head so when I see the final outcome and I'm like wow like this is it like it's here in physical form everyone can see what I was thinking in my mind that's what's great and also when the physical thing out does what you even imagined in your head it's even crazier it's greater um I think for me my lows are 
a lot of the other stuff like organization like you need to be organized because at the end of the day like if something goes wrong in art department that falls on your head as like the head set designer head of department um and like for me it's like the reason why I love this and I love it was because this is my kind of my expression of art form I see myself as an artist but this is also very much the the like industry that I work in and that I do things in it's a very much a business industry so it's I have to be all these other things like organized that I don't want to be I have to keep my budgets in check and make sure that I'm not going over budget I have to I don't mind doing stuff which are client facing like that's fine but I think it's like it's all the stuff that I don't I don't like dealing with numbers I have to if you buy stuff and you don't use it you need to do your return for it afterwards like you need to it's just it's like all those things like getting all the receipts taking pictures of all the receipts putting it in a folder emailing it to the producer it's all that kind of organization stuff that I don't like but I love the just the making side that's what I love I think the making side can be quite tiresome at points as well but um I I do love it and I think for me it's definitely the final outcome in it which is my favorite part you kind of like when you see the final outcome you kind of forget all about the crazy journey I mean you don't forget about the crazy journey but it justifies the crazy journey I think yeah yeah because you have so many sleepless my goodness <laughs> oh god so many sleepless so i'm trying to find a just in case you're wondering what so many, James yeah, so, many, like, <laughs> so many sleepless nights so many nights stressing because every job is so different from the last so like you're always sourcing something that you've never had to source before and you've never had to find before. So it's always, it's always a great challenge, but it definitely is a challenge. And because you want to always deliver, it's, there's a lot, you, there's a lot riding on you, but you also, you feel you have a lot that you make ride on yourself to make sure that it is the final thing that you want to execute and that you have hoped and you've spoke spoken about with the director or photographer to execute yeah so you definitely have to want to do this job to be in it kind of thing it's not just like oh let me just try it out kind of thing. well you can do that but you can try it yeah <laughs> all that it takes it sounds like you it's best to be a bit sure um yeah i really just have one more question that i just want to ask you to be honest and then you know maybe we have another conversation one day we never know um but I just wanted to know like when you're working do you feel like your reflection you are a reflection of your work or do you feel like it is a reflection of you Uh, oh I am a reflection of my work I am a reflection of my work my work is a reflection of me yeah I think both but I definitely think my work is a reflection of me like the colors I use, the textures I use, the shapes I use, those are all the things that I love about myself, like the kind of like quirky weird stuff that I see in my own house or that I would pick for myself or my friends, the colors are the type of things that I'd wear on my own clothes, even if even if it is in a product like a chair, it's still a color that I'd wear in terms of like clothing item and um, 
I feel like it also just shows like the experimental side of myself like just not being afraid to try out these items and things in these spaces and forms where they shouldn't go or shouldn't exist yeah yeah I like that <laughs> actually one more thing and then it's really it. <laughs> like what what advice would you give other um, young black females or anyone that's listening but mainly young black um, women who are listening to this not even just about our direction it could just be about that but what kind of yeah. I think just do just try um fear is a massive like hinder it's a massive hinder for myself even in terms of what I do mainly in, in regards to my social media more than anything but um I think to fear means that you're stopping yourself from doing 80% of things that you could do or should do or try without even trying it which is the crazy thing so just do it because the worst that happens is that it could go wrong or you get a no and actually that no will lead to, to something that's greater than that no um and I think for me my massive my most major collaborators and support have been my friends and the people I've met along the way shout out to all my party goers love all of you guys that I've met on the way so I think um to like work alongside your peers your friends because there's this whole kind of thing of kind of networking upwards but like you should network sideways like Issa Rae always says like network sideways before you network upwards because there's so much you can learn from your friends and also with your friends because your friends are a safe space for you to learn and grow and grow with those people because do you mean in life if you're blessed and you're doing well you want your friends also to be blessed and doing well so yeah, what better way to do it than to collaborate with them so yeah thanks that wasn't just for the audience I, was, I feel like that was maybe for me <laughs> But I'll take that before everybody else does. Um, so thank you so much. Um, I really enjoyed this conversation. I like learning the similarities in the journey. Even though mine's just starting. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> <Honestly>. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, thank you so much.